This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. The boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual, with me in studio, my co-host... Naz Marchese. Good morning, Naz. How are you? Great, Wally. How are you? Good. I'm doing great. And joining us in studio this morning, former Raptors coach Butch Carter. How are you this morning, Butch? I'm good. Good. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. Well, it's always a pleasure having you. It's great to be back from my uh, my southern sojourn and getting back into the thick of the mix here. I want to thank Mike Wilson, the ultimate Leafs fan, for keeping my chair warm and making sure it was still here this week. Mike, thanks. Appreciate it. Uh, it's getting hot and heavy, Naz. Uh, Leafs is always the uh, source of uh, prime discussion here on Sunday mornings uh, during season, especially as we make the run to the playoffs and the trade deadline. Uh, I, I developed something a few weeks back. I call it uh, Wally's Uneasy Meter. Uh, a few weeks back, about three, three, four weeks back, at least we're four points out of a playoff spot, a few points behind the Panthers, and I was at a 9.2 as I was getting nervous. Gotten a little bit better, uh, although uh, I'd, I'd, I'd put the meter uh, this week at 8.9. So... Uh, <laughs> If we get into the, if we get into the mid, uh, we hit the 9.3, 9.4, 9.5, it's, it's time to get nervous. Uh, I'll, I'll stick it at 8.9. brought in the savior, Jack Campbell. I'll put it at 8.9 for this week. So we've, 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 we've gotten back to a little bit more, a little bit of a comfort level. I'm not so sure our comfort level is as a result of the Leafs play. The Florida Panthers is their nemesis right now. The Panthers have been pooching it the last few weeks. Um, Naz, I'll ask you about that one. The Florida's, Jack Cam- goalie, Florida's goalie hasn't stopped the beach ball all season. There's a lot of beach balls down in Florida. That's pretty graphic. <laughs> uh, so uh, certainly, uh, you know, the Leafs' performance is up and down the last few weeks. Uh, there's, there's, there's optimism in some parts of their game. Uh, there's pessimism in other parts of their game. All I can say is right now, thank God for Jack Campbell. Because uh, uh, I think the Wally's uneasy meter would be a lot higher if Dubas hadn't traded for for Jack Campbell. Uh, Butch, what's, uh, what's Butch's uneasy meter uh, telling us this morning about the Leafs? Analyze it for us. Uh, Leafs would, Leaf Nation would be devastated if they didn't make the playoffs. What's your sense of unease? Well, uh, as I stated last time I was here, it was still the backup goalie. Um, the trend in which he was on was was really killing morale because, you know, guys need to come to the arena and know that they have a chance with the backup goalie to go out and do their thing. Anytime that a unit has to think that the backup is going to fail them, it really is a negative connotation in their mind and their preparation. So, you know, the fact that he, he pulled the trigger and got a backup goalie, uh, it helps. But, you know, the 
the decision that was made early and let this thing get to where it was at um, was not good. And that's what I'm still uneasy about. The issue is the consistency. The Leafs have made themselves into an offensive team. And on the second side, the defensive side, they're extremely weak compared to their counterparts. And I think it's a lesson in salary cap management. You got three young kids at, at thirty million, and are you if you're going to play for a cup? No one has ever done that. No one's ever played for a cup with all those dollars allocated out of your salary cap to three guys that aren't two way players. Well, you bet you can count four. You have basically four at forty million. Okay, so for I mean, all intents and purposes, right? So, so in every sport, the most devastating players are the ones that are are two way players, and without a doubt. Because of the physical exhaustion in hockey, the stress that's put on you in skating for twenty over 25 minutes, you know, you've got to have value on both sides of the puck. And their value is not as good on the defensive side. And that was a complaint from the coach we got rid of. But that those are my concerns. Naz, um, in our chat on the way down this morning, you said there may be, uh, uh, I don't know if you were being serious about this, but uh, we, we may be headed to a goaltending controversy. I, I don't know if that's the appropriate terms, but, you know, uh, for the first time in, uh, in uh, I guess, a year or two years since they got rid of McElhaney, uh, the coach behind the Leafs bench actually has a little bit of a comfort level. Uh, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to know. I, I wouldn't suggest that Dubas pulled a rabbit out of the hat, but uh, you know he he sort of got himself in this mess by by picking the wrong guy uh, a couple of years ago or a year and a half ago or however long ago and when he, he when, he, when he, he picked Sparks over McElhaney, that just set the you know, that just created a backup problem since then, and thankfully Campbell has played well. Looks like he has uh, restored some confidence to that backup position, but are we? Uh, you're getting ahead of yourself here a little bit, Naz, suggesting guy, that, you know, the, the players, and Butch, I'll ask you to chime in after Naz, the, like, do the, will the players acquire more, you know, Anderson hasn't been playing well the last month, month and a half, but he's still your number one yeah, guy. Yeah, for Come sure on. he's still number one. I still play Anderson, but that guy has a pedigree. He was drafted first round back in 2010. He's a first round pick, so he has skill as a goalie. And he looks good. He looks really good. Butch, um, when do you sense that a team uh, has acquired confidence in their goalie? Um, You know, the teams play differently. More, I guess, more so in hockey than in almost any other sport. Is if you've got confidence in your goalie, it it radiates through how you play the game. Well, the issue at the end of the day is that you are going to make a mistake in hockey. The puck bounces; it doesn't bounce straight. Right, it bounces, and when that goalie can save you once or twice in a game, it's truly invigorating. All right, to a team that wants to win. All right, the issue that I've always said for any professional team is that there comes a day where they have to decide that they're going to play or skate to win versus just to play the game. And if you just play the game, bad things are going to consistently happen to you. Hockey's no different than any other sport. To be in the top four, all right, for the playoffs, all right, you have to have a premeditated mentality to protect yourself by doing things that other players won't do 
consistently. And the Leafs have yet to establish that. And that's the only thing that puts any good team in a position to win a championship. You have to be in the top four. You know, the, 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 between now, trade deadline, and the rest of February, we're into the thick of it. It's the run to the playoffs. Uh, you know, there's less than, I, I don't know exactly how many games, let's say 30 games. I'll have to do the, the appropriate math. 24. 24. Thanks, Ness. Um, there's not a lot of time left, and the consensus is the Leafs are just not good enough on the back end, which brings a couple of issues into play here. Um, we're headed to the playoffs probably in the three-hole in our division. Um, that's probably an easier path to the playoffs than the wild card, because on the wild card, you got to beat a couple of teams, Philadelphia, Carolina, who are ahead of you in the schedule. Florida seems to have taken a dive the other way. Uh, if the Leafs can sort of get a little bit of a run, they may be able to create some distance between them and Florida, which would be a great thing because then it calls into question another decision Dubas has to make. He's got Morgan Riley on the injury list. Uh, he's got Janssen, CC. I don't know who else, and he's short of cap space. There's something called the Patrick Kane rule, or, or uh, a, a, a situation that Chicago Blackhawks took advantage of in, in one correct. of their runs yes. a few years back, when Patrick Kane got injured in the middle of February, and a brilliant general manager, I think it was uh, not Stan Scott, Bowman. Stan Bowman, yeah, Bowman, suddenly saw a loophole in the rules that says, if I put Patrick Kane on, because the salary cap only applies, salary's only regular season. That's correct. So... Uh, if you get a guy, if you place him on L, what they call LTIR, mm-hmm. uh, but that means he can't play the rest of the season, right. but he can start again for you in the playoffs. Right. And you free up all that cap space, all of a sudden, Dubas, if he makes a really, really tough decision and decides to put some of his guys on LTIR, can effectively free up. I don't know the exact number. I've seen ten million. I've seen twelve million. That's a lot of dough. That's a lot of what they call Benjamins uh, that he could use. Uh, but he's got a difficult decision to make because once you put the guy, more so Riley is the really tough guy. Uh, you may need him the last two three games of the season to make the playoffs. If you're in Dubas's position, guys, what do you do? Well, in my in my opinion. That would not be the route I would take, and it's for this specific reason. When they say route to, to put him on the LTIR put, or not put him? To put him on the okay. LTIR. And the reason that I say that is that it's it's pretty clear that as good as they've turned themselves around or stabilized themselves, this team still has a history of not having a huge desire to win playoff games. And if he has to jumpstart, the team, any general manager that has to jumpstart grown men to win playoff games, and hockey is a grown man's game. It's basically playing football on ice. Yes, it requires some skill, but the re- at the end of the day, if he has to do that to jumpstart who they are, plus the other problem he's got, who's going to give the Maple Leafs a player? Exactly. There's nobody around. Yeah. Well, they're not going to give them give the Leafs a player. You got to trade some talent. Yeah, but again, so 
But again, you know, but, I mean, the obvious guys. The, well, Janssen would have been one, but he's hurt, so take him off the table. The obvious guys would have been Kapanen. Uh, I don't know if I don't think Kerfoot's worth much, Ness. No. Who, who else? That's it. That's it. What do you got? That's and, what... and and you got and you got picks. Right, but I, right, I, you got I, picks I still... and prospects. They don't have many left. Though. Well, you got Bracco down with the Marlies. Who else? Who else is down in the Marlies? Got some picks here and there, and you know the 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 the, the, uh, the rumor mill of the week uh, has been capping in for this Manson kid in Anaheim. And if the Leafs could get Manson, that would be a good pickup. Uh, I'm not sure uh, Kapanen's enough from him from an Anaheim perspective because the reality is defensemen are probably a lot more valuable than than uh, than forwards are. Especially when you you have it right now, we have an AHL back line. But exactly. Now, as I'll throw it to you, so Dubas got some issues trying to, Obviously, he's got the the big issue in terms of how much does he want to free up the risk of trying to free up uh, a lot of dollars by putting Riley on. And I agree with you. uh, I agree with you, Butch. Um, That's way too much of a risk because, uh, you know, this may be going down to the last weekend of the season. And if you have Riley uh, ready, willing and able and healthy to play. And you need to win, and they've got they've got a tough schedule. They got Tampa three times. They got Washington. I think they got Pittsburgh twice. Um, you need Riley to win. If you need to win in the last weekend of the season, you have Riley healthy, and you don't have him in your lineup. That's that could be a career limiting move for Dubas. Well, I mean, you know, I mean, that's the the risk in that is 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 beyond belief. Dubas can de-risk it by he. You don't put Riley on until you know you have the player that you want. And that player is a defenseman, all right? That says equal or better than Riley. All right? Then you then you can do the deal. Dubas has got a week. He's got a week and a bit to make that decision. The trade deadline is January, uh, January, February 26th or 24th. Anyways, next week sometime. Yeah, but general manager is sitting there trying to put him in a hangman's noose. He's got this is again where you miss Lou. (laughs) <laughs> okay, right. miss, miss Lou in a lot of ways. Well, but. the issue is you, you need equity. It's hard for a young GM, all right, who's running the most valuable hockey team in North America, to go make a deal with old school guys. Who are like, hey, look, you got your job on analytics. Well, they you know, know what he needs. They, they know what he needs. They know it exactly. But the but the the requirement to to do the transaction is you got to get a defenseman at least better than Riley. So now you have two. When Riley comes back, and the one you get can let Riley heal up properly, all right? Because it's not fair for Riley to sit out and then all of a sudden throw him in the Indianapolis 500. <laughs> you get, you're, you're looking. The reality is uh, I, I don't see any other scenario, but the likely scenario is, assuming the Leafs make the playoffs and we're at 8.9, um, they're getting Boston again. And I, you know, that's a scary thought going into a Boston series with what I see on the blue line right now. The pressure is going to be on Dubas to make a trade, especially with the Toronto media. Having $10 million and not spending it, that'll be difficult to to do. Well, you don't have the 10, well, yeah, I mean... That's that that that's cut. That's almost like being caught between a rock and a hard place if you do buzz, right? I don't. You know. Again, at the end of the day, we've we've discussed this. That this is the issue with being a young general manager in the wealthiest franchise in 
in the world hockey franchise and he's it's part goes with the job but he has to work the room and he has to get a deal done all right he accepted that responsibility when he signed the contract all right i think the young guy uh will do everything possible he got a backup goalie um he has money toronto needs to spend the money uh you're the wealthiest franchise and this is a chance for you to reallocate some of those dollars that that you have in in your treasury so um I wish the young guy luck, but the issue is he has a tough responsibility because there are going to be some guys that won't give him anything that would allow him to move his franchise forward. Very quickly, Naz Butch, we got a minute, minute and a half. We got to go to break. Um, Austin Matthews, he's fighting it out with uh, Pasternak uh, and, let's say, Ovechkin uh, for the Rocket Richard. Uh, probably going to set a single-season record for most goals by a Toronto Maple Leaf. Uh, he's, I guess he's chasing Rick Vives, 54. He's got 42 now. 42, yeah. 42 scored last night. Yeah. Um, you made the comment, Naz, that you think that Matthews has taken his game to a different level, to a top, top echelon player in the league. Uh, your your comments gonna, on he's that. He's going to get better, too. What do you see different in his game? Uh, his aggressiveness more than anything else. He's playing the body now. He never used to play the body. And he comes back in his own zone. He's playing a great 200-foot game right now. I love how Matthews is playing. Butch, you seeing, uh, you, are you seeing Matthews having taken his game to a little bit higher level? I see the combinations, right? You don't score those kind of goals without people helping you, all right? And, um, you know, we know Marner has always had a feel for – and Marner is the gunpowder. You know, he he has a way of sparking. He knows who has to have the puck, where they need to have the puck. Um, it's To me, it's, yes, Matthews has taken on more responsibility, and his efficiency has gone up, which has been great. But it's always when when uh, you have a great score, who's, who's passing the ball, who's, who's, who's pitching the, the puck to him. And uh, I see it a great team effort in moving him forward, and he's accepted that responsibility. He's walking through the tunnel every night knowing that he needs to do really good things for his team to have a chance to win. On that note, it's time for our break. Uh, when we come back from the break, uh, we're going to be talking some basketball. That's why we got Butch here. Uh, going to catch up with the Raptors and what's going on around the league. And later on in the show, we're going to talk some golf with, uh, with our guy, Sean Clement. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville decided to stonebake our pizzas the traditional way. That was over 50 years ago. Since then, the big pizza conglomerate started cooking their pizzas on conveyor belts, like you see at the airport. Now you can choose... Authentic Italian stone-baked pizza or pizza you could mistake for luggage. Pizzaville stone-baked pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca 
With a little training, anyone can learn the security business while on duty at your home or company. It's unfortunate, but a lot of security companies are just not experienced enough to handle the complex dynamics of tactical security. And that little bit of training and experience can end up costing you a lot more than you bargained for. Peace of mind, trust, and honor is the foundation on which the Regal Security reputation is built. They're driven, they're respected, and they're unrivaled. They're everyday superheroes. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. To become a champion in business, it takes coaching, training, and bench strength. And every team needs a skilled player like KPMG Enterprise for private companies. KPMG Enterprise helps entrepreneurs and family businesses grow, strengthen, and transition by offering a full suite of services, including audit, accounting, tax, and advisory. Your business doesn't stand still. It evolves. Team up with a winner. Visit kpmg.ca slash enterprise. Let's do this. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. You name it, they'll argue about it. No sport left unturned. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live on uh, from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740, also on 96.7 FM. Live video streaming, www.zoomerradio.ca. In the house with us, with us this morning, former Raptors coach Butch Carter. It's time to talk some basketball. Uh, Raptors had an incredible streak. Um I don't know if we would call it unexpected, Butch, um, but uh, longest winning streak in the history of Toronto professional sports ever. Um, what did you see in that streak? Analyze it from a technical perspective. Uh, why were the Raptors able to win that many games in a row? Well, they, they have a rhythm. The culture that is inside the Raptors' practice and their mental preparation uh, – is clearly, in my opinion, outstanding. Uh, they professionally show up every game, uh, regardless of the injury situation. Um, people step in. They don't uh, get out of uh, touch with what's going on with the game as far as time and score. Uh, the ball continues to move to the right person at the right time. Uh, so th- combine that with the uh, depth of knowledge of, of Nick Nurse and his tricks that he – puts on coaches, triangle and two, boxing one. Um, he's very good at, at exploiting if a coach understands how to counter punch. Uh, 
And a lot of pro coaches don't know how to counterpunch because they never coached in high school or college where you see all these junk defenses. So um, tremendous strength in the culture of the franchise. Um, but what is coming, the undertone that I see is that they are, again, they're second in the league in coming back from games in which they were down 10 points. And this goes back to the DeRozan days where you guys know I'm adamant <laughs> You have to win the first and third, third quarters. quarters. You got to get ahead of it. And your load management takes care of itself if you win the first and third quarter because your starters aren't playing deep into the fourth. So this, the, my concern is they are headed back toward that trend. It is not a good trend um, for success because their load management with Siakam was based off of him overplaying in minutes early in the year. Uh, Gasol's just an old uh Clydesdale horse, so he's going to be injured, <laughs> right? But Siakam steps right in, steps his game up, and they just keep right on motoring. But uh, to do what they've done historically, they need to get back to playing better, starting the game, and coming out of the locker room. And Nick may have to change his practice structure to address that. Naz, it's the point of the show. Uh, at this point in the show, I like to remind our uh, listeners, I always tell our listeners what you're wearing. So today you got your Raptors uh, champions cap on and your Toronto Maple Leafs jersey, but the Raptors champions cap. Um, uh, Would it surprise you if they went back to the final, Wally? Really? Uh, no, I wouldn't be surprised at all about that. But you know, I, I see, I, I, I see a lot of veteran leader. It's and we talked about it on the show last week. It's they, they seem to be a you know Maasai has put together a team. Yeah, it's 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 it's, it's, it's more it's it's more than just a collection of individuals. That's correct. He, you know, and like when he brought in Gasol, you know, and in Ibaka and obviously Kawhi Leonard, that's the obvious one. Uh what they've been able to do in terms of developing some of the some of the other guys, what they've done with Van Vliet is I, I it's, it's it's remarkable. Well, it's remarkable. It's just absolutely remarkable. It's Siakam also and right. Siakam. Yeah. So you know, they, they are they are they are a real team, which is which is they're more than just a collection of their parts. That's correct. And 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 it just seems like they're unflappable. Like Gasol just looks like when he's out there, he's just like nothing's gonna nothing's gonna throw him off what he's out there to do. I also think this regime, the players and the and their leadership, are the most comfortable in Toronto. They are here. They feel part of it. Um, I have to tell you, it brings joy to my heart to when I'm watching TV and I see all these players doing all these commercials. Like yeah, they are, they're to, they're totally ingrained in what's going on, and they're having fun. Um, you know, you're you're in the fourth largest city in North America, and the guys are happy living here. Um, I didn't understand the connection. So, I'm sorry, Butcher. Just on that point, mm -hmm. I, I have to get your thoughts on this. Um, Toronto's always, up until, let's say, a few years ago, I, I wouldn't call it a backwater, mm -hmm. but it wasn't a go-to place. Let's, let's, be, let's, be, let's be frank. It, it wasn't in the top echelon places of players that to come here as free agents yeah has that changed that that has not changed all right that has not changed um but from the standpoint of this is what has happened um 
I come here and I have a unique way to put a team together. You have to trade for it, but you get you want interchangeable pieces. All right. Masai comes here and he has a background of Africa and Europe. All right. So now all of a sudden you got Siakam, OG, Mark Gasol. Um, we're we're like the world's team. Well, but, you know, Dallas Cowboys were always America's but, team. It's like the Toronto Raptors. We're the we're the world's basketball but, team. But the, but the issue I'm saying is that he had a unique perspective that no one in North America basketball had. All right, and it all connected, and that's what you're looking for with a professional team. Your leadership has a vision. All right, that is so far ahead of everyone else. Now, not only just they're they're comfortable here because they're not black North American players, all right? They're global players. But more importantly, they bring all this experience of playing against the Western teams. So no one has been as successful against the Western teams the last three years than the Toronto Raptors. So it's 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 the whole thing. It's it's not one part. All those parts grow into something that is a really solid web of strength. For the organization. What do you make of Messiah's trip with Pierre Trudeau last week? <laughs> well, I mean, Messiah is basically a global ambassador in Africa, all right? He's his giants of Africa. Messiah has a, a mental focus about what he wants to do and what he wants to impact, and it has nothing to do. It's an t- entirely different perspective than you would get from a North American Hall of Fame black player, right? Mm-hmm. Messiah's perspective is, is, is based off the, the character and information that he got growing up as a kid, all right? And if you think about it, if you look at the African countries population-wise based against Canada, there's going to be a lot of basketball players come out of there, right? And if they fit Toronto, that's that's an awesome thing. I think also the issue that helps everyone is that the rumors about the Knicks and wanting Maasai, that, that's over. They The Knicks have gone another direction. Uh, I don't think that's Maasai's fault. Maasai's management uh, does that they promote their guys, but I don't think he needs any more leverage to get it to get the deal done that he wants to get done in Toronto. All right, if they allow Messiah Jury to leave, they will spend five times wasting in player salaries. All right, and leadership. All right, they didn't understand that when it happened to me. All right, I felt that the problem I always had with them was that they burned so much money. All right, trying to figure out what in the heck was Butch doing. All right. The issue is when you have someone that's locked in, all right, and they can motivate professional athletes, whatever their contract is, their value is so much further over that contract. All right. And owners, you know, you can look at historically bad Sacramento, Charlotte. They keep burning money, drafting players. I mean, it's. So, so the issue, the issue, at, the, the issue at the end of the day is that, look, I, I have not been personally comfortable with Messiah. He is not the friendliest daggone person you want to be around, but I'm not ignorant to what he has done has allowed me to wave a we the North flag at, at the lake. All right. Because he's done a great job. And I was telling you, you go to the grocery store, you're anywhere <laughs> and everybody, little kids, Big heavy guys, small people, wide people—they're wearing Raptors gear. You know, it's it's unbe- it's unbelievable. It's there's no place like this, probably except the Lakers. 
A few more minutes before we go to break, uh, Butch, and uh, we might as well start talking about this. Um, uh, Milwaukee Bucks are having a fantastic season. Uh, It's a season, if you look at their record, uh, 46-8. and It's pretty good stuff. Um, you know, you start thinking about the the Lakers uh, in the early 70s, the Warriors from a few years back. Um, I don't put this Milwaukee Bucks team in the category of one of the all-time great teams. They have a superstar in Giannis and good coach and good players, but I don't see a lot of Hall of Fame players on that team. How are they doing it? And how are the Raptors going to take care of them again in the playoffs if they end up well, end the, up meeting each the, other? The basketball flaw for Milwaukee, historically, Nurse created in Game 3 with his double team of Gasol on Giannis and the Lopos. So when I went back and researched it, it's really a Budhoser problem. So Budhoser had Horford in Atlanta. When they won 60 games, same kind of scenario. They they took off and their system clicked. It's not that the coach doesn't have a great system. The issue is he was not very good in two big playoff series when he won 60 games in making adjustments. So last year, Milwaukee should have came to Toronto, won a game, and Gasol double teams on the pass. The first time Giannis goes to the low post in front of the Raptors bench, and basically, Milwaukee went away. Budhoser has no counter that I've seen for a team that double teams uh, Giannis in the low post. Historically, I've seen this with Carmelo Anthony when he played with the Knicks. The Celtics did the same thing to him. When you run a player to the low post on the right side facing the bucket, he has to learn to throw the ball out with his left hand. The What Milwaukee did, what uh, Carmelo did was he dribbled the ball to the corner. When you dribble the ball to the corner, every defender gets in the defensive stance and can catch every pass coming out. And the clock go, goes down and the analytics are clear. The lower the clock, the lower the <laughs> field goal percentage. So, uh, in my opinion, uh, Boothoser has a systemic coaching issue on depth of knowledge on the, on the counter. The amazing part to me is that Boothoser's got the answer sitting behind his bench. All right. Vin Baker had this problem as a young player, all right? And I'd have him on the wall throwing the ball off the wall with both hands, all right? So the low post double team is not new, all right? I learned to counter it being a rookie playing with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar because, again, they're going to double team him every night. So the success of the Lakers was directly related to handling the low post double team. Hopefully the uh, hopefully Budenholzer isn't listening to the show and doesn't hire you as a consultant. So uh, ego, <laughs> you got to promise us. Baker was a great player. Vin Baker was a was a monster. I wish I'd yeah. have brought him to Toronto with me, but his new salary wouldn't allow us. Anyways, on that note, and uh, we've got to go to break. We're going to come back from the break. We'll talk a little bit of golf, and then uh, we'll come back at the end of the show and follow up on some of these topics. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville declared, We'll never be the fastest! We'll never be the cheapest! We'll never be the snazziest dressed! What? Yeah, my point is, we want to be the best! 
At Pizzaville, we want to make the best pizza. Stone-baked, the traditional Italian way. Pizzaville Stone-Baked Pizza. Fiercely Canadian. Authentically Italian. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. To become a champion in business, it takes coaching, training, and bench strength. And every team needs a skilled player like KPMG Enterprise for private companies. KPMG Enterprise helps entrepreneurs and family businesses grow, strengthen, and transition by offering a full suite of services, including audit, accounting, tax, and advisory. Your business doesn't stand still. It evolves. Team up with a winner. Visit kpmg.ca slash enterprise. Let's do this. The security business is easy, right? Anyone can learn it. Perhaps they can learn it on duty with your valuables at stake. Perhaps they can learn it in a crisis situation that requires an immediate intelligent response when lives are at risk. After all, what harm can a few mistakes make? Plenty. When it comes to security for your business or office, an experienced partner like Regal Security makes sense. Security is what they do. Peace of mind is what they provide. Visit them online at regalsecurity.ca and find out how much they know, not how much they can learn. Are you real ready? If you're a real estate agent, we can help you sell more homes. A business owner? We'll help show it off to the community at large. And if you're a homeowner, we'll supply accurate floor plans for every room in your home. Because selling property is all in the details. Real Tours Media. Creators of 3D virtual tours, walkthrough video, HDR photography, logos and brands. Check out the one-stop shop for successful real estate agents. Realtoursmedia.ca There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Opinions expressed on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour are those of Naz and Wally and their guests. Are they ever wrong about sports? I can answer that in two words. Impossible. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zuma Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. One of the world's great golf teachers, Sean Clement. How are you, Sean? Good morning, gentlemen. Fantastic. Uh, everything is uh, a little chilly here in Quebec City, but uh, <laughs> beautiful. Just got some it's, nice. It's, car- it's carnival time, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So uh, I know you. Uh, you're hanging your hanging your shingle now at the Royal Quebec uh, Golf Club, and you're still doing fantastic. Uh, we haven't had you on a while, Sean. So it's great to hear your voice. 70,000 subscribers on YouTube. That's that's remarkable. 33 million 
30. We're up to 105 now. Well, oh, then you got to update your website, my friend. Okay. <laughs> I know. You got to update your 105,000 so subscribers. How many million views? Are you up to McDonald's Four, yet? 45 million views. That's that's truly remarkable, Sean. Congratulations. Thank uh, you. To all our listeners once again, Sean is a truly outstanding golf teacher. He's uh, kind enough to post some of his material on YouTube uh, under Clemshaw. It's fantastic stuff if you want to improve your golf game. And his website is wisdomingolf.com. And, uh, and by the way, a newly with Golf Channel Academy. So now it's Oh, you're on the Golf Channel Academy too. Wow. We, we, we are, um, we're now we've been chosen as uh, as a new facility for Golf Channel Academy here at Royal Quebec. So it's wonderful. Be, uh, yeah, Con- things are going well. Congratulations, Sean. And Thank it's, you. it's always a pleasure. Listen, we're going to get right into it. It was a great day for Canadian golf uh, last Sunday, and uh, I'm as Definitely passionate beach. about Canadian golf as as anybody. It's been uh, it's been a been a great run. Nick Taylor, wire to wire victory. First time a Canadian has done that on the PGA Tour uh, since 1960 at the at, at the AT and T Pebble Beach Pro Am, which is at Pebble Beach, which is one of the cathedrals of golf. Uh, and, and in, in, in howling conditions, uh, on the back nine, Sean, how was he able to do it? How was he able to, you know, he hit some, he hit some questionable shots at times, but he was always able to recover. What's, what was the key to his victory? Well, you see every once in a while, because I mean, it's, it's been a while since his last win, but every once in a while, a, a player will get into the zone, and that's that's something that we've been working very, very hard with uh, very recently at our academy. And um, you you lock into something, and you notice how he performed really well on all three golf courses, right? Because yeah. you're you're dealing with uh, uh, way more different conditions than the average tournament, and you know you look at the. Um, the setting and the distractions uh, with the with the stars and everything else, and, and, and he's playing with be... Phil. And he's playing with oh, Phil. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So that's the thing. When you're in the zone, nothing can 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 bother you. And he slipped in, and he he went unconscious, and and where he could just focus on his targets, and you know, look at the targets he had to shoot for. So. You slip into that zone, you get in there, and, and then that's it. So that's why he was able to, to live it all the way through till the end. I think it's going to be uh, uh, a while before somebody does that again, but you know, he lucked out. He, all the stars lined up for him, and I couldn't be happier. Sean, uh, he was highly touted when he was younger. He was very uh, – all you heard about was Nick Taylor, and then he dropped off. How did he come back and be successful on the pro tour? Um, you, you look at the um, certain things that, uh, that a player has got to go through. It's a lot more, I mean, like it could be something in his life. Uh, uh, it, it could be that he burned himself out. Uh, you know, uh, the reasons weren't there. I mean, it's, there's your, your, your life has to be in order, uh, in order for you to, to perform well, because you get, you start if you're not focused on what you're trying to do and you're too distracted with other things going on, I mean, you're just not going to perform. We're talking about the top, top tier. Um, and you, you get your, you get your lunch handed to you if you're, if you're not firing in all cylinders. And so it's, and, and to, to get to the tour and, and to, to, to move your way through the events and things like that, it, 
there's way more to it than just talent. Uh, one thing you've always uh, you've always touted, uh, Sean, in, 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 not just for professional golfers, for recreational golfers, is the concept of focus. Yes. Um, and you know, you look at what Nick Taylor accomplished on Sunday. Um, yes. Here, here's a kid that was number one amateur player in the world, NCAA Player of the Year in 2010. Uh, had to really grind it through the through the qualifying tours, won a PGA Tour event, one not one of the biggest ones in 2014. Yeah. And you know that that weekly existence on the PGA Tour. It's it's not an easy one where you're where you're no. constantly constantly uh, fighting. Yeah, you know he comes into a Sunday at Pebble Beach, and you know he managed to put himself in a position where he's got a five stroke lead on Phil Mickelson. He's got a couple of bad holes, and all of a sudden that five stroke lead is two strokes. Yep. Uh, you don't. You're trying to say. How do I, where's his fallback? Where is he? When has he ever been in that position before? The wind is up. Uh, he's got every reason in the world to choke and fall apart, but I'm watching this kid and he hasn't changed an iota of his demeanor from the very first tee on Thursday till he got himself in a bit of a mess near the end of the front nine and the early back nine. And he's still going about his business. And then on 15, he chips in off the green. And on 17, which is that par par three where you got wind coming in off the ocean, he stiffs an eight iron 185 yards till about five feet. And, you know, I get excited, passionate just talking about that, about this. Like, where where do you find, where is a professional athlete or professional golfer, um, where do you find that focus? How important is the caddy? Well, well, you notice at one point there was a little hiccup on the back nine, right? Yep. That's what wakes him up. So you, you drop your guard a little bit. You, you fall, you know, and anybody who is going to be falling prey a little bit to the situation, but like what reminds me of Sam Sneed, he used to talk about a mindset that he had that where he played very well and he won a lot of tournaments with the attitude of, cool, mad. So you hit a shot that you didn't like, it pisses you off and it focuses you more. Whereas uh, others may be in a different situation. They'll make a couple of mistakes and they'll let the situation get to them. And then, and then they fall off. But if you look at Nick has, Hey, like you said, an NCAA record, that's phenomenal. And the top amateur in the world. So he's cultivated already a wonderful winning strategy. So for him, it refocuses him when he has a hiccup. And I I just can't wait till he's in another situation like that. I think he's going to, you know, he won't falter when he's in there. Coach, this is Butch Carter. Um, You talk about focus. Um, I learned visualization from reading a book from Bill Russell and how Bill Russell would mentally visualize everywhere he was going to be in the game. So when he actually got in the game, it was a second, third, or fourth time. And and there's, as a coach, I always talk to young players about act like you belong. So that I find that 
it's really important for young players. I, and I tell at clinics, you know, I like to chop the top of their head off and pour a bunch of confidence in them because the reality is that human beings, when they're thrown into these massive sporting events, um, a lot of them initially feel like they don't belong and don't understand. And then yeah. once they, once they start acting like they're blown, but my question goes to what is your philosophy around visualization? What is your philosophy around? How do you get them to lock in? You know, I understand the zone, you know, I've seen players do it, yep. you know, um, personally, I score 14 points in NBA overtime. I was in a zone. I was, there was nothing going to get into my way. And the only way you can do it is that you have to be mad and cool at the same time. Because, That's right. Right. That's so, right. Exactly. But, but my question goes to, from a teaching standpoint, you know, yep. you're going you're gonna to have young kids all the way through, you know, adults who are, who are members. Um, you know, how do you balance that, that visualization and talk to them about being in that zone? Well, the, 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 the issue right now is distractions. Um, so uh, a, a wonderful example would be, you know, number one, as humans, we're not defective. We're just a product of our focus. So if I, if I say to you, you know, you're, gonna, you're, you're standing in front of a shot right now and you're gonna, you want to hit a nice shot, 150 yards, and you've got to win in the face, and I say, okay, uh, let's see you hit this ball hard. So if I say hit the ball hard to you, you're going to pop a rib mentally. Whereas if I say, okay, we're going to take an extra club. We're going to sling the club smoothly with ease in the direction we want to start the ball and, and then, and then just allow yourself to feel that shot. So when a good shot is felt with a slinging action, it's not a hitting or a steering action. So a good player knows what a, a, a shot feels like. Whereas what's going on right now is we get distracted with, well, make sure you do this and make sure you do that. And, and the human machine doesn't function that way. We can't repeat. We're incapable of repeating exactly the same thing every time. So every time you, you shoot a free throw, there's a slightly different flavor coming off your fingers, even though you, you, you've, you know, nothing but net 10 times in a row, but every release that you hit is going to be slightly different one from the next. And so, you can't make sure of anything. All you have is, I'm going that way, and if I release in that direction with that feel, I'll be fine. I'll be okay. And then as you continue doing that, you slip into that zone. But the instant you go, well, why didn't I do that properly? What's wrong with my swing? You now think you're defective, and it's over. Sean, uh, as they say, time is our enemy. It's been, I know. it's been, a, it's been a pleasure catching up with you. We'll, we'll get you again. We'll get you back again soon. We've got to let all our golf uh, crazy listeners uh, get ready for the season and all your great tips in terms of how to get ready. But uh, we're going to have to let you go for today. I really had a great time, you guys. Thanks. Uh, thank. Have a great, uh, have a great day, and all the best to you guys. Always a pleasure, Sean Clement. Uh, Butch. Uh, Anything interesting, uh, any parallels between uh, focus as Sean explains it in golf and uh, your your teaching strategies? My teaching strategy is basically um, fill their head with confidence and then continuously put the strongest challenges in front of them. So, you know, I wouldn't teach them to shoot one shot. I would teach them their three shots. 
right? And so again, when they're put in that situation of stress, they have three alternatives to find their way out. So, um, you know, more, I'm more of like Tiger Woods' dad, right? Like I'm, I'm going to tell you, okay, you're going to hit a fade, right? <clears throat> so now I'm going to step on the ball, right? The whole, the whole thing for me is that once I broaden their mind, that their mind is the strongest muscle that they have. I'm, I'm a firm, firm believer in you, you, you teach young people how to be an independent contractor. You teach them how to think their way through problems. And by doing that, it only made me a stronger coach because they approached me now as an adult instead of a young person. And, but most important for my sons, anyone I coach, I'm always telling young people, act like you belong. Uh, we were just at the, uh, at Indiana University and one of my sons was with me. And the guy said to me, like, where'd you get him? And he's, <laughs> he's like a clone. <laughs> and, and this was, you know, when I was a senior, they, we had six freshmen, six freshmen. We win the Big Ten title. And I had to be big brother to those to those six freshmen. It was extremely enjoyable doing that. But the deal I had to make with Bob Knight was you don't yell at those freshmen. Leave them alone. You yell at me and I'll get it straightened out. And that's what you have to do. You, you, young people need, they need time to grow and figure it out. But the challenge has, they, you need to honestly tell them, you know, when we see so-and-so, he's going to, he's going to kick your butt. <laughs> Naz, I know, I know um, we got two minutes left. I know there's something you wanted Andrew to get Leans. in with, with Butch. Butch, Andrew Leans. In it's Golden State. It's a good, it's a, it's an outstanding. I guarantee you that he didn't fly a commercial. When they told him he was traded to Golden State, I guarantee <laughs> he called the airport and said, get me a private jet. <laughs> Minneapolis is historically. How does he fit in on that team? He fits in perfect because what, what's what's his role on the on the assuming Steph's back in the lineup, assuming Draymond's back in the lineup, Clay and I, he, I can't even remember who's there anymore. But he replaces Iguodala, okay. right? He you know he he's quiet, so he fits in, right? He's not a distraction. He can play basketball. He's a better athlete than Iguodala, right? It's it's the perfect place for him for him to go. The concern what the league should be concerned about is okay. They've done this now and and traded for Wiggins. Now, what if they get another guy, right? Because at at the end of the day, they're they're pretty good. The roster starting next year, if yeah. everyone's healthy. I mean, they were a good team before um, before Durant got there. I mean, they became, you know, they they won a championship without Durant. Yeah, right. So you know, it's not that they can't win without him. Right. So he's got strong leaders. He's got all star leaders. They got. He didn't have to be a personality. Draymond's a personality, yeah. right? Um, it's really, uh, you know, I've known Larry Harris, uh, the assistant GM there since his, our days back in Milwaukee. It's just, it's just a really good move for the young man. And I believe that he will thrive there. He has the energy to, to he's that player that can play on nights when they're tired, right? Because he's young enough. Uh, but I, I think it's a really good move by Golden State. Naz, five seconds, 10, 20 seconds, last word. Thank God for Jay Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> You're the best, Naz. Anyways, uh, we leave the week at 8.9 on the Wally Uneasy Meter. We'll see where we come in next. Uh, hopefully. Jack, Jack Campbell didn't help that. <laughs> Anyways, to all our listeners, Butch, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Have a fantastic week.
This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.